Welcome to the edition of Talking HR with Lori and Lisa, where as always, our goal is to give you a real look at today's HR world, the sharing of experiences, knowledge, and inspiring people practices. I'm your host, Lori Wilcox. And I'm Lori's co-host, Lisa Fuller. We're really excited to have Suzanne Biro join us today. Suzanne is a thought leader and successful executive coach who works internationally with executive level leaders in some of the world's best companies. Suzanne is also a master facilitator, program designer, Forbes and CEO magazine contributing writer, and a TEDx and keynote speaker. You are also an author of I Want You to Win Coaching Skills for Creative Leadership Program, a co-author of Together Executive Team Development, the book Unleashed, Expecting Greatness and Other Secrets of Coaching for Exceptional Performance, and the Leader and as Coach Workshop and Train the Trainer Program adopted by organizations like General Electric, American Express, Eastman Chemical, and, and many more. So I know, Suzanne, you're a certified coach, and you hold a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology from UBC, a master's degree in coaching and consulting applied behavioral science from the Leadership Institute of Seattle at Bastyr University, and a diploma in technology from BCIT. Wow. <laughs> Welcome, Suzanne. Wow, that, that, that's a lot. I feel old. Thank you for having me, Laurie. <laughs> that, that's quite the bio we have here for <laughs> yeah. you. Um, thank you so much for being with us today. You have such a wealth of knowledge and experiences. Um, it was really hard for us to identify just one topic that we could cover off in our podcast today. But I think given today's uh, global environment and the complexity of the societal issues impacting us personally and professionally, and it's changing all the time, we thought it might be relevant uh, to help our listeners understand the different ways that leaders have to make timely decisions for complex matters. So I think to start off that conversation, maybe if you could help us or give us some of your thoughts about the decisions and challenges your clients are facing in today's environment. Yeah, it's such a great question because, boy, we're all in um, various parts of this. Uh, I, you know, in 2020, I was saying it's we're all in various parts of the storm, but now it's it really is just a new normal that we're trying to grapple with and find our way through. And it's affecting all of us so differently, personally, professionally. You know, what are people grappling with? I mean, I just think it's just everything magnified under the sun, uh, again, both personally, professionally. How do we make decisions? I think we uh, really just need to come to uh, sort of a, like a one day at a time. What do I know right now? Uh, what's going to, uh, you know, who can I consult with? Who knows anything about this? And quite frankly, with you know, some of the uh, CEOs and executive teams that I'm working with, uh, the answer is no one. No one has mm -hmm. navigated this environment before. There's not a person on the planet that can advise how to handle this because we've never lived through anything like this before. And so we really need to turn inward and turn towards each other and go, what's our best guess today with the knowledge we have? And then tomorrow, what's our best guess? Um, and then learn and uh, be sort of gracious in our own learning um, and gracious with each other. I think that's probably the only thing we can do. 
I love that, Suzanne, because I think uh, as a leader and as business uh, leaders and professionals, people look to us for the answers. So we can be hard on ourselves because we think we should have the answers and appreciating um, today's climate and environment. And the first time we've experienced this in, in our lifetimes, for the most part, we beat ourselves up a little bit, I think. So what are some key questions that a leader can ask themselves? Well, you've just hit on, I think, a really core piece. And I think it's largely what I've spent the last two years doing, speaking about, speaking to large groups about, and that is this, uh, this tendency of uh, humanity, human beings, uh, to be very, very uh, critical, demanding, hard on themselves inwardly. What that does is it translates to what we do outwardly and we see how easily we are to criticize each other and systems and and be very impatient with each other and it's just not useful. Um, and so it has to start in what I think the one of the biggest things we might ask if it's a question is, you know, how can I be kinder to myself? How can I turn the inner critic to an inner champion that says do your best today. What can you do today? Um, you know, how can you be easier on yourself? What do you need in order to serve others well today and then to do those things? Uh, you know, I think so many very, very successful people uh, feel like they're failing. Uh, you know, I've spent 20 years listening to the inner thoughts and aspirations and challenges of thousands of leaders all over the world. And we're just very demanding and hard on ourselves in a way that really can no longer exist. It doesn't serve. So we need to first turn inward and be ever more loving, kind, and champion to ourselves. When we do that, we can then do that outwardly, and it leads to leading with more uh, humanity, more grace, more inspiration, more encouragement. And quite frankly, that's the kind of leadership we need right now. That must really speak to the value of gathering perspectives from others as well by, by hearing what, how others perceive things and not continually looking inward. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's great. Uh, and, and then we have the sense, right, uh, uh, that we're in this together. Mm -hmm. I and mean, there's not, uh, we never do anything big or important alone. We need each other. We need other people. Um, you know, this is the rise of Brene Brown's work. We are wired for connection. And we, quite frankly, we feel miserable when we focus on ourselves, and we feel fantastic when we seek to serve others. And in order to serve others, we must do inwardly what we want to do outwardly. It's where I think a lot of leaders fall short is, you know, we sort of criticize and berate ourselves for uh, not living up to everything we want to be. And then we're just really demanding and hard outwardly. And, and quite frankly, we become a, a, it's easy to become quite a jerk to other people. Um, and then we're not able to serve in the way that we really intend. I think that's a great conversation. And I, I do think out of, you know, some of the chaos, certainly the pandemic and other disasters have created worldwide comes sort of that reflection as well and that need for connection. I'm curious from you what some of the leaders that you've seen and what what shifts are they making in their leadership approaches? Now we're going into a hybrid work environment. You know, we're hoping that people not only are leading from a real compassion, humanity perspective, but how do we engage people as well that are 
Some are working side by side with us in an office. Some are working remote. Some are, you know, maybe all over the world. Yeah, yeah. And I think the answer is, this is where we're uh, learning how to become ever more uh, sort of connected as people, uh, simply because the there's not a clear answer. You know, some organizations have part of their organization that absolutely has to be in person. There's no other way that work gets done. And then half the organization can be remote. Other organizations have said, we're never going back to the office. Um, some organizations are mandating back to the office. We're just all learning together. But I think, you know, uh, Simon Sinek uh, speaks and writes uh, a fair amount about this is that I think what we do when we uh, lead is we, we go first and we go first on trust. And so can we create the kind of culture remotely or in any fashion that we have available to us to create human relationships and human connection and if we do that, we can we we really can do it in all kinds of different formats. It's a it's a wonderful luxury if we can all be in person, but if we can't be in person, there's so much we can do with the uh, genuineness to which we come to a relationship, the thoughts that we think about others. You know, if we generally want another person's success and to serve other people, people can feel it. And they respond to it in kind. Um, people are naturally uh, wired to mirror each other. It's called resonance. And when another person trusts, we want to extend trust. When another person extends ge generosity, we want to extend generosity. When other people are uh, disrespectful, they get disrespect back. So we, we very much create what we expect. Uh, so, so what can we do? We can use whatever tools we have available to us. And we live in such a time of incredible ways of communicating with each other. I mean, we have all kinds of ways to, to do this remotely um, that can serve when we can be together in person. And I think if we use those tools well, uh, we can have the experience of almost not even recognizing that we haven't been together in person. I mean, I know I had an experience, uh, this was pre-COVID, but I had um, a friend of mine that uh, we went for coffee, and then we, we worked out that it had actually been 15 years that we actually hadn't been together in person. But neither of us had that experience because we are Facebook friends and we've had the experience of sort of interacting through text and email and all kinds of different ways that we thought, has it really been 15 years? And so, you know, human, our, our, our desire for connection and to really know each other can be done through all kinds of means. And now we just need to get really creative and bring our best to each other. And when we do that, uh, we can create a, an outstanding culture of whether it's a culture within a relationship one-to-one -one or one-to-many. We just need a little creativity and we need really, really good intentions to serve and help other people around us become successful. You know, you've coached some successful leaders all around the world, and I'm really interested to know about the most significant changes you've seen in leadership practices over the years. It's a great question. I think the um, what's really personally exciting for me, you know, I've been doing this 20 years, and I've always wanted to believe that love wins, that kindness matters, that, you know, really uh, doing what is in the best interest of a system that we're meant to serve as opposed to our own individual needs wins. And I've looked for evidence of that and, and uh, believed it. 
And the evidence does exist now. There's a wonderful body of research I often cite from the Leadership Circle organization that uh, you know, demonstrates that and it's uh, cited in a bunch of my blog posts. So if uh, listeners are interested, they can, they can find it there. But I, I think there's a real movement toward um, things like, human, you know, greater humanity, uh, greater empathy, greater uh, uh, vulnerability, transparency, this thing we used to call soft skill, of course, and sort of lesson is the most important skill that we could ever seek to develop um, because everything, everything still gets done through human relationships. And um, uh, and so we we it's it's the it's a key differentiator. So I I think what's happening is a more uh, human humane way of leading other people that looks like partnership, collaboration, trust, mutual respect. You know, leadership is nothing other than the ability to work externally well with and through other people, whether I report to you, you report to me in some ways, it doesn't matter because people are moving all over the place. Someone that was once my boss might be a direct report, might be a client. It's like, I, I think it's so exciting because we just are not going to tolerate poor behavior and it's requiring all of us to uh to to really work to bring the very best of ourselves forward um, and when we do that we can work exceptionally well through other people it leads to significantly better concrete business results roi and it's also just a much more enjoyable way to live i mean when we have friends all over the place people who are willing to help us uh, when we when we make a request so definitely you know, more uh, empathy, transparency, vulnerability, um, uh, you know, the, the, the importance of feelings. I mean, what could matter more than how we feel? We've always lessened that in the, in the workplace. But the truth is leaders, their, their main job is to drive human emotion in a useful direction. I, I just love the conversation that we're having, Suzanne, because I remember the time where, you know, uh, how I grew up is you leave your personal problems at home. And, you know, once you're at work, you turn that off and work gets turned on. And, you know, really over the years, we, we have a better recognition that we are a whole self and we bring our whole selves at work. And yes, sometimes that means the personal things are distracting us and understanding that and taking that human leadership approach with employees that we're working with or guiding and directing and coaching. What, what advice would you give to a leader if, if they don't feel particularly comfortable being that, that leader or they think they're that leader that shows compassion? How does one get those skills or really develop themselves in those areas? Uh, first of all, I, I tend not to give much advice because, um, um, you know, uh, most of coaching, as you guys know, is really pulling answers out of another. Um, having said that, there is a, um, I think, uh, sort of a short answer to a, a much lengthier uh, question, you know, the answers that, that could occur from this question is um, communication skills. Um, and that's a really broad answer. And so what does that actually mean? I think there is a way that we can communicate that helps us to come to know ourselves, and therefore we can connect more fully to um, others. And there's a post I wrote called uh, Real Conversations, uh, the five question worksheet. 
and it's a process I teach executive teams and groups, but it's essentially five questions um, that says, you know, what's the situation? What's occurring? And so you answer that for yourself. What am I thinking and feeling? What am I, you know, am I mad, sad, glad? What's happening for me within me based on what's happening? Third question, why might I hold back from doing, you know, saying and doing what I really want to do? Um, you know, I'm afraid this person's my boss. Um, this feels inappropriate. Um, uh, you know, I'm concerned that I, there might be retribution for me uh, sharing my real thoughts and feelings. What do I really want to say and do? What do I believe is in the best interest of the people I lead in the businesses that I'm responsible for? Um, so I can really hear my own uh, guidance and what I know to be true and or what I think is going to serve at the highest. And then what's my intention for having this conversation? Who do I have it with? And what's my intention for having it? Those five questions can help a leader at any level, a person understand what's happening for me. What am I, what's the real conversation that's playing out within me? And then um, how can I most effectively have it out there? Who would I have it with? Uh, and what is the nature of that, that conversation? Generally, and what I teach is these five, they, our answers to the five questions usually are the uh, exact conversation, almost verbatim, that I'd want to have with another. Um, and so it can, um, it creates authenticity, transparency, it creates uh, what's the real intention, like what am I trying to do by having this conversation with you? Um, and it usually comes from a very good place. Uh, so it can bring us present to what is occurring for us. And then we want to connect with others because uh, I think we're most powerful when we actually connect on truth, my truth, your truth, and then we create a shared reality together. So let me stop there. I know that's a lot. I think that's really great advice. And I know some of the approaches I've taken is just be really honest with who I'm speaking with or what now a situation I'm trying to navigate and say, I may not know the answer. I may not be doing this correctly. I may not be handling the situation as best as I could, but my intention is true. And please let me know if, you know, if I could be doing it better or give me feedback so I can learn as well. So being open and being genuine. I think when you're in genuine, as you say, people really help you um, and will work with you when they know you're coming from a good intention. But having that internal reflection is very helpful as well. Yeah, absolutely. So Suzanne, incorporating what you've shared with us so far, um, and going back to this rapidly changing world that we live in today, do you have any tips on how leaders can make decisions in a more timely, responsive way? And, and say a little bit more about that, because you asked it earlier, too, and I'm feeling maybe I didn't answer you fully on it. It's a great question. And so um, and when you say timely, is there an example you're thinking of or, or can you say just a little bit more? <laughs> I, I'm thinking about in terms of and, you know, we're we're talk, speaking from British Columbia here. Yeah. And, you know, we've been coming from the wildfires and the pandemic situation. And now we have these massive floods and leaders are really having to make very quick decisions um, to problem solve and, and deal with these crises. Is there anything that you can um, share with our listeners on how they can respond uh, in, in a more effective way to these? 
Yeah, uh, I think that um, uh, I'll, I'll go back to the five questions because I think it is uh, essentially a script for being an exceptional communicator. Uh, again, one-to-one, one-to-many. Um, you know, uh, and I think there's some great examples of leaders who have done this recently. If we, you know, I'm in, uh, just in Abbotsford as well, British Columbia, Canada. You know, we've watched uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry do this is, you know, during times of crisis, we need more communication more often and we need very simple communication, right? We know this from, uh, pen, uh, from uh, you know, when paramedics arrive at a scene, their communication very simple, very clear, uh, very calm. Uh, so whatever we might think of Bonnie Henry, she's uh, been doing a fabulous job from a communication standpoint of getting out in front of it, being a consistent present and answering calmly the news that we have today and what it means for you and what you need to do. So leaders always make meaning of things for people. Uh, another example, uh, you know, I was watching the mayor of Abbotsford, I think he did an exceptional job saying, here's what we were thinking of doing this morning with regards to the flooding. We now got new information. And so we have made another decision and we're going to go with this. And so it's just, uh, again, uh, bringing people along. Uh, sharing what is known, what we don't know, what we're deciding right now, and what it means for you and or what I need you, my people, to focus on. Because uh, I think it's really easy for us to, in any kind of change, crisis, um, become very, very overwhelmed. And so simple, clear communication that says, here's what you focus on today. Just do this. And then having some way that that, that the leader is present again um, so that people can access that. Okay, I'm going to listen to Bonnie Henry as an example this morning. What does it mean? What's happening? Okay, I'll listen to her at the end of the day again. What does this mean? What's happening? Okay, I'm going I'm to be able to listen to her again in the morning. And I know uh, uh, several client CEOs, uh, when the pandemic hit in 2020, you know, the executive team, the executive team met every single morning and then had sent, sent out some kind of communication. And then as uh, it, you know, it, it wore on, they moved it. They thought, you know, now it's too much. Now it's just, you know, let's do it once a week. But some way that people um, have a sense of what's happening, what does it mean to me? Where should I focus my attention? And I think leaders, again, make meaning of events for people. They tell us what it means for us and they give us direction. Focus here. Here's what you can do. Here's what you need to do. Here's what, you know, the organization or the world needs you to do and do that and know that that's enough. It really seems to focus a lot on the communication and that open communication and transparency to, to the people who are following those leaders. Yes. Yes. Can, I mean, that's what we're looking for, right? What leadership is, Something happens in the world and we turn on the news and we want to hear from the leader. What does it mean? And we're looking to some, what meaning should I make of this for myself and what should I do? Um, I, I, and so we're always looking for, for that from that position. Yeah. 
I, I love that because as I think about sort of the last two years and the day-to-day things and the complex things that the world is navigating, we really, leaders do need to create that calmness, but alleviate fears, provide the clarity and the focus. This is, like you said, what we know today, let's focus on focus on this and and be open, say the things you don't know. We don't know the answers to this. We're working through it. And I find employees or or groups of individuals tend to respond more when you're just really authentic and genuine with them. So I'm I'm curious, Suzanne, because I really love the communication tips and the questions that you've left with our listeners. Out of some of the successful leaders that you've worked with, is there anybody that has inspired you and why? Yeah, who is, oh, I've been inspired by so many people. It's really hard to name, um, who would I say is most inspiring? You know, I guess, um, and I'll start here. When I was in my 20s, um, I came across the work of Tony Robbins. And it was my first insight into the fact that the thoughts that I think changed how I interpreted the world, what I then felt, what I then did, and the results that I got. And I think that that formed uh, so much of the work that I continue to do now, uh, which is really help very, very successful senior level leaders Uh, look at where they invest their most precious commodity, which is where do you focus your thoughts? Um, What do you think about most of the time? How does that then create how you feel daily and how you think and feel then how does that impact what you choose to do and how you do it and the results that you're getting? And that really is the the most, uh, you know, we talk about the importance of self-awareness and self-knowledge as, as, foundational to being a great leader out there. And that is the, it's what we call the awareness tool. Uh, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? So thoughts, feelings leads to behavior and impact. And if we want to have a uh, different behavior uh, and a greater impact, we look at our thoughts and feelings. Um, and those uh, intellectually, we might understand this and it's quite uh, sort of simple to understand. Uh, but the brain thinks thoughts and they create it creates neural pathways that become sort of super highways in our brain, such that we experience the world as like a, uh, an external solid place. Um, and what we really, what, what is really useful is to go, wait a second, how do I think? Um, uh, can I think outside of how I think? and become aware of that and notice, ah, what other ways are there for me to think? And if I thought that, what might I do? And then what might that lead to? And it's the essence of every truly successful person. So I've been, you know, I started off being inspired by Tony Robbins, read and devoured all of his work uh, in my 20s. Um, I now uh, devour the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, a neuroscientist, um, who says very much the same, um, Eckhart Tolle, uh, Michael Singer, um, uh, you know, Peter Drucker, Peter Senge, all, all, all the greats in any form of uh, development, whether leadership or otherwise. I think um, some of the greatest uh, sources of inspiration has been uh, like poets like Emerson, 
you know, if there was one person I could sit down with, it would be him. Just think every time I come across some version of truth of what it means to be a human and to try to live and lead well in the world, there's a poet who's captured it. Uh, so much better. His paper, um, I think it's a, was it 1841? I'm, I'm going to get the date wrong. I think it's 1841. Paper called Self-Reliance um, is a brilliant read. You can Google it. Uh, it's often quoted from, but he essentially says to believe your own thought, to believe that what is true for you is true for all men. That is genius. Um, speak your latest conviction. Um, most of us don't. Um, and then uh, we're sort of uh, ashamed to take our own advice from another. Um, but it's what all true, it's the essence of leadership is to believe your own thoughts and feelings and experience and to believe that they are valid and have a place in the world and then to bring yourself present in conversation with others. Uh, most of us can't hear our own thoughts or we dismiss them. And we dismiss them, as Emerson says, simply because they're ours. And so it requires us to love ourselves, to validate ourselves, to champion ourselves, and say, I matter, I have a voice. And, uh, and then to be courageous, as Brene Brown teaches, and to bring that present to uh, others, to the organization. Uh, and if we do that, we will lead our world well. So, Suzanne, what do you find the most fulfilling in the work that you do? Oh my gosh, I find it all fulfilling. I uh, <laughs> I literally can't believe I get paid to do this. It is the honor of my life. I, I think probably the, the thing that uh, is most exciting is how much people trust me. They share with me things that they often have never shared with anyone else. And that is like the greatest honor that they trust me with all that they are and who they are. And, um, and I just have a sense of knowing people and I have all these beautiful friends all around the world. And, um, and I think that our conversations matter to them. And so I feel like, you know, if I died tomorrow, um, I will, uh, it was enough for me because I know that the conversations that I had with other people, it just mattered to them. And so um, it's incredibly rewarding work to, to just love other people and to want their success. And we don't need to be a coach to do it. Uh, we can do it as a parent. We can do it as a volunteer in our community. We can do it in any way. But it's, it's uh, every time we stop thinking of ourselves and start focusing on how we might serve another, we're, we're, we're somehow happy. And do you see any other challenges on the horizon moving at us right now? Yes, a million <laughs> challenges. Yeah, in 2019, I was fortunate enough to um, uh, attend Singularity University and take their executive um, program, which was focused on exponential technologies and how rapidly they are coming. I mean, the pace of change has only begun. It's only going to continue to accelerate in ways that we can't, we've never dealt with and, and, and most of us aren't ready for. Um, and, um, there, and it's going to come from, from, from places that we can't even foresee, you know, and we, you, we, we've all been living through this. Um, it's just going to pick up, uh, you know, every expert that came and spoke to us um, over that program, it was sort of six, like 10, 10 hour days, uh, showed a sort of hockey stick uh, sort of graph as to the pace of change. It's, you know, it's just, and we know this, even if we look at like how money moves around this planet, um, uh, the whole financial system and how we pay each other and receive payments is 
really drastically changing through crypto and blockchain and how and entire industries are going to disappear overnight. Um, and so it's like, what can we do? Hang on. Uh, uh, champion yourself, learn as much as you can, create a network second to none, help each other, uh, be gracious with each other, and um, and then, you know, do the best you can. I think that's all all of us can do. It's an exciting time to be alive because we have the opportunity to participate in all of it, but it is really uh, going to take a learner's mindset, which looks like, you know, think of a small baby learning to walk. We're going to fall down. We're going to fall down. We're going to fall down. The baby doesn't ever say, you know, boy, you're, you know, you just don't seem to be able to walk and sits there. It just continues to get up and it doesn't complain. And so I think what's needed is, you know, kind of like who moved my cheese on steroids, um, you know, just uh, change is the only thing that's going to be present. And, and, and so let's get good at it. It's like, here it is. Okay. Now, something else is entirely different now. Okay. What does that mean? How do I adapt? Well, I do hear some positive thoughts in that. So I am hopeful <laughs> for all yeah. of us. <laughs> and um, I, I would really like to thank you, Suzanne, for being with us today. That was really enlightening. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I was very inspired. And um, I know, Suzanne, I followed your work for some time now. So we're really excited to be able to share our conversation with our listeners. And I encourage any of our listeners to go to your website, which is SuzanneBureau.com. And check out your blog and your resources. um, Because I do think, you know, there is so much change um, occurring and will continue to occur. But looking and and learn, being open to learning and having that open mind, but also leading with compassion and humanity is is of critical importance, not only to others, but for ourselves as well. Thank you so much, both of you. Thank you.